Warning, the following podcast may contain potential plot spoilers, but then again, it may not at all. Hello and welcome to Potential Spoilers, I'm Kieran and I'm joined by Maddie D. Kieran, the dark wizard is growing out the back of the stuttering professor's head. <laughs> what are you talking Oh, I get you. <laughs> that sounds See, like... out of context, that sounds really weird, yeah, doesn't that it? that sounds really sounds... dirty out of context, actually. <laughs> it sounds, it sounds really like a creepy. really elaborate euthanism. Not quite, Kieran. What it is, actually, is a spoiler. That's right. But if you didn't want to hear that, then you shouldn't be listening to the show. Because it's just chock full of spoilers. Potentially. After all, we don't outright spoil anything. Oh, we do a lot of the time. Or try not to, I guess. Yeah, we try not to, but this is a spoiler-filled we, podcast. We spoil by accident. That's exactly right. <laughs> Unless we're doing it on purpose. Shut up, Kieran. Get on with the show. If this is your first time listening, I'm sorry, but welcome, welcome. What welcome. we do here is we take the biggest upcoming Hollywood blockbusters and we try and predict as much of the plot as humanly possible from Before. the very limited source material that we can find. That's right. Before the movie ever comes out. That's right. That's definitely important to say. Definitely. We always predict it be- well before the movie comes out, <laughs> sometimes to our detriment because that means we have no promotional material or trailer to go from. Mm-hmm. But luckily this week, we have almost plenty of material to go on. We've certainly got five movies to go from and one, I guess you could say, action-packed information-filled trailer. Yes, this week we're talking about the sixth movie in the Terminator franchise. We're talking about Terminator 6, Dark Fate. I think it's just Terminator Dark Fate. Yeah, they're not really lumping a number on this one, are they? No. Terminator 3 rebooted, maybe? Yeah, if we it just definitely wipe- is a soft reboot mm. because they've been lauding and applauding the fact that this is a direct sequel to Terminator 2. They're ignoring the other three movies in the canon, I suppose. They're no longer canon, and James Cameron is actually actually returning to co-write this one. He's not directing, but co-writing. So he's had a hand in working on this one for the first time since Terminator 2, I believe. I think so. They've gone through an interesting path, these movies. Yeah, absolutely. And taking the directing helm this time is Tim Miller, who is the director of Deadpool 1 and 2. It's an interesting choice, but at least we can expect a... Hard R rating. Yeah, a solid R-rated Terminator movie, back to formula for a change, instead of these sort of family-friendly blockbusters. Well, not really family-friendly, but... Well, like M15. Yeah, PG-rated. MA, maybe. PG-13. But yeah, I'm interested to see what he does with it. Yeah, me too. Could be interesting, could be uh, detrimental, I suppose we'll find out, I suppose. I suppose what we predict in the plot will reflect on what we imagine the movie will be like under the helm of Tim Miller. But at least there's the guiding hand of James Cameron. Yeah, at but least he's involved. For what that's worth, take that with a grain of salt because mm, if you ask me, it's very <laughs> hit and miss with the James Cameron part. Right, yeah. I mean, it's not the 80s anymore. It's not the early 90s. Well, I mean, those at least the first two movies still hold up. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and are still popular. And if they really are returning to form, then that's an exciting thing. Yeah. So I've got to ask Mindy D, what is your history with the Terminator franchise? Well, Kieran, I guess... Uh, you can listen to another podcast of ours, That's which right. is uh, Best Movie Quest, where we talked about Terminator 2, which was the first movie yeah, I we watched. reviewed it. As I seem to say every week, as a child, young adolescent, I watched these movies, thought they were really cool. I don't think my history is anything different to a lot of people. I watched the first two. I think I watched the third one. I don't remember. And I think I watched the fourth one. I don't remember it. And I avoided whatever the other one was. Genesis, Genesis. with a Y. Yeah. I've kind of not really interested in the franchise anymore. So you're not excited for this upcoming movie? No, I'll still watch it well you're obligated to now i've got to i've got to hopefully it's good if they're saying things like it'll be an extension of number one or number two it'll be good but yeah when i watched them when i was younger i thought they were the coolest thing put to film i still think they're very good movies as in the The first first two two. yeah still think especially the second one i think it's one mind you in our best movie quest Mm -hmm. podcast we did actually say that terminator 2 i believe is one of our contenders for the best movie ever made it was the i think it's the best it's got to be considered the best action movie ever made i think that's what we said at the time as well what what else you can put up there so i hold it in very high esteem and if it can live up to that at least a little bit i think it'll be cool that's my history i mean what's yours mine's nothing too flashy quite similar to yours i watched these not really at a young age in my teenage years mm. i suppose when it was appropriate an appropriate age to watch the terminator movies <laughs> the first two that is and i really enjoyed what, them. Do your parents listen to the show are you trying to like get out of trouble <laughs> well no i never really watched them as a kid because i thought they'd be too scary <laughs> jeez i thought the terminator looked frightening in his well he's like a metal skull i guess yeah that was really terrifying to me so yeah i waited until i was a teenager really enjoyed them 
didn't really care for the other sequels too much, three, four, and five. You kind of get exhausted right after a while. Now, interestingly enough, the thing, in my opinion, the mm-hmm. thing that made Terminator 2 stand out so much is that it took the formula from Terminator 1 and completely turned it on its head, mm-hmm. did something completely new with it, completely reinvented the plot from the first movie and turned it into something really great. Yeah, and they played with people's expectations as yeah, well. Yeah, absolutely. Now, with the sequels, that's not really the case. They're just trying to redo the success of the second movie. So they're just basically following, with the exception of Terminator 4, Salvation. Yeah, I was, was going to say, that's a very different movie. Which was just a hot mess, which nobody <laughs> liked. The other two, at least, Genesis and Terminator 3, Rise of the Machines, they just very much tried to copy the Terminator 2 formula. They tried to mix it up a bit with Genesis by adding time travel elements and then altering the timelines that we saw in previous movies. Mm-hmm. But that didn't really work out in its favour because they couldn't help throwing in something that didn't work. I don't really want to go too much into Terminator Genesis, but yeah, they really... Seems to be a soft spot for you. Yeah, they took a concept that was sort of working and then just completely ruined it by inserting something that didn't work. Right. Will they do that again with Dark Fate? No idea. Suppose we won't know until we see the movie. I guess so. But we can always go in hopeful. Yes, and I'm going in hopeful. Hopefully they, they do a good job. I mean, I can't say that looking at my plot, but... (laughs) Me either. Now, another thing that they're saying about this movie, a lot of in a lot of cast interviews Mm. and sort of pre-release promotional stuff, is that this movie is going in a completely new direction for the Terminator franchise. Is that what they're saying? At least that's how they're selling it. But nothing that I've seen so far indicates that at all. I'm seeing a lot of the same old stuff, or at least extrapolations of things that we've seen in the previous Terminator movies or even the Terminator TV series, the Sarah Connor Chronicles, if you ever saw that show. No, I never saw it, but I know of it. Mm, It's like watching paint dry, I'll tell you that. (laughs) Right. So it's going to reinvent the series again? Is that what they're saying? Well, they're just saying that it's taking it in a direction that they haven't gone before in the movies. Right. All right. We'll see. We'll see. We will see. Um, Should we talk about what we know about the movie? Yeah. What do we know about the movie so so far? So far, we've got one trailer out. You said it was very informative. (laughs) Well, it isn't really. Big to disagree. It wasn't really that informative. I don't know about you, but I saw a lot of hints of where I think Mm. the plot might go in the trailer. But for the most part, it was just one action scene, which looked eerily similar to it action scenes that we've seen before in Terminator 2. Down to the filming of the road. I I don't know. Maybe that was like a nod and a wink. So we've got one trailer at this moment. It's kind of a teaser. As you said, it's one scene. We see a few flashes of things here and there. We know that Other action scenes in the movie. For what it's worth, or if we can go off this, the old cast members are coming back. Yes. A lot of surprises that I've seen that I didn't think would be the case, but there we go. What are you talking about? Uh, a certain actor reprising a role. Oh, yes. Yep. Yep. We'll definitely talk about that when we talk about who's in the movie, yeah. but yes. Yeah. I was what, definitely surprised by that as well. To what capacity? Yeah. So I, mm. I, in my research, I found that there was rumors of other people reprising roles and younger versions of people and yep. things like that. Yeah. But in the IMDb page, I saw it was not to that extent. So I can't really, you know, you got to hold that to a grain of salt, but yep. it's interesting anyway. I definitely know what you're talking about. So let's start talking about the actors so we can let's put all of that on the table. The first actor I want to talk about playing the T-800, a.k.a. Carl, is Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah, I can't believe that we're talking Arnold Schwarzenegger again. We are, yes. For for the first time in this podcast. Yes. Who would have thought that he would be in movies these days? Uh, If they keep making Terminator movies, I suppose he's going to keep being in movies. I mean, yeah. I'm really happy to see him back in a Terminator movie. I'm excited that he's in this one. I met him. You met him? I did, yeah. Wow. And how was that? He was a cool guy. Did he had a, he, lot he crush of sec- your hair? a lot of security around him <laughs> at the time. Well, he actually got drop kicked. I saw that, he yeah. Went, did you see the footage of when he got drop kicked by some random yeah. guy and he didn't even feel it? That was me. Oh, no, that was you? No, it wasn't me. <laughs> it wouldn't surprise me if your encounter with him went down like that. It probably wouldn't have been an intentional drop kick. I would have like slipped on a banana peel <laughs> yeah. and like accidentally, through the air. <laughs> accidentally hit him. Yeah. I'm happy because there's a f- there's been a few Terminator movies where he's not been in and it's yeah. just not felt the same. I, no. I, I'm sure they could make a good one, but it's kind of nice to see him back. Well, I've got to, to tell you capacity. straight away, I don't mm. really care for old man Terminator. Oh, <laughs> really? Like I don't get the logic behind it. I didn't either, but they wrote it in. So I'm guessing uh, but I'll this go is something they did in Terminator 5. And I think we learned from that movie that it doesn't really work. Mm. So I don't know why they're going back to it in this movie. Doesn't the skin age? Yeah, that's the justification. That the justification. That's yeah. the justification. I guess you just got to go with it. I mean, it's either that or not. Yeah, or, or have not. a different actor playing your T eight hundred, which you know I don't know how you'd feel about that. I, I'm happy that he's in it. Yeah, I'm happy it's, to see him back, but it's, it's, it's just not going to be the same. That's it, the thing. Especially if this will be the last Terminator movie they make, which probably won't be. But I can guarantee you, it's probably not going to be the last Terminator movie that they make. 
but it's probably going to be the last Terminator movie that he's in. Yeah. I actually have a plot detail in my plot that sort of points at that fact, but he can't keep doing them forever, basically, is what I'm trying to say. No. And almost in the same breath, in that same line of thought, returning <laughs> as Sarah Connor is Linda Hamilton. Yes. A 62-year-old Linda Hamilton, finally reprising her role for the first time since Terminator 2. Now, wasn't she dead in the third one? Yeah, she died of lung cancer, I think. Yeah. So she's back in this one. Yeah. Remember this? I the, guess we don't the even count the third one. Yeah. yeah, they're not canon at all anymore. Don't forget, they're completely wiping the slate clean, going back to Terminator 2. Going back to when they were a success. Right. Now, of course, I think Linda Hamilton is most famous for playing Sarah Connor, so we don't really need to explain who she is. But if you're not familiar with Linda Hamilton, you may recognize her from Dante's Peak. Yes. Where she fought a volcano alongside Pierce Brosnan. She fought a volcano? Yeah. That's pretty cool. Mainly ran away from it. (laughs) She was the town mayor, but also worked in a cafe, which confused me. She was a single- It's a small town. Yeah, she was a single (laughs) mum, worked in a cafe, and was also the mayor. Yeah, it's a small town. You need to to wear multiple hats. Yeah. I don't think she ever went home to sleep. (laughs) Just mayor by night, coffee shop by day. Yeah, got to pay those bills. Again, coming back for the first time since Terminator 2. I am so shocked. Playing John Connor is- Edward Furlong. Yes. Now, if you're not familiar with Edward Furlong, he is probably most famous for playing John Connor in Terminator 2. Yeah, that's his big role. He was also in Pet Cemetery 2. Oh, really? Yes. Well, there you go. Basically playing John Connor. Right, of but course. But a more crybaby, wussier version. Not not a not a cool badass? No. With a mullet friend? No, or at least he was trying to be and failing. <laughs> yeah, he's had a absence from the big screen. Now, I don't want to go too much into what I think he's going to contribute to this plot. At what capacity... Do you think he'll be back in this movie? Do you think he'll be back in a big way? Or do you think it will just be a small way or a a nod and a wink? I'll leave it to my plot before I get into it. fair enough. Unless you want to say something about how you think he's going to be... No, as I said, I don't want to give too much of my plot away. I think it's important to the details of my plot. Don't want to spoil anything in potential spoilers. But I just wanted to point out as well that we've got some body doubles as well. So they're going to have flashbacks apparently throughout the film to young John Connor and young T-800, young Terminator. So we've got Brett. Azar playing the body double of the T-800 from 1991, apparently. Mm -hmm. So there's a high possibility that we may flash back to Terminator 2 in the movie. Since they're filming new scenes, we're going to see things that we didn't see in Terminator 2, possibly even setting up things that happen in this movie. And they've also got some little kid as well, I didn't write his name down, playing the body double for young John Connor. And apparently they're going to do the CGI faces like they did in Terminator Genesis. That sort of worked. I suppose the technology is better now. But judging from the CGI we saw in the trailer for this movie I'm not confident that it's going to look that <laughs> convincing maybe it's an unfinished product but we'll never I guess know. you never know until you see it right so we're going to basically have a muscle man and a child after all they don't put their greatest CG in the uh, yeah of the course trailer. not why would you want to showcase the special effects in the movie in the trailer They're going to do the Captain Marvel thing or even the Irishman thing of CGI head on people's bodies. Mm. So, yeah, I reckon the less of that they do, the better. What do you mean the Irishman thing? The Irishman, the upcoming Martin Scorsese movie. Oh, okay. Right. Gotcha. By the time that this movie comes out, Terminator Dark Fate, the Irishman will already be out. So everyone will know what I'm talking about. Oh, there you go. Hopefully, I'm really hoping it works in the Irishman because I'm really much looking forward to that movie. Now, playing the new Terminator of this movie, Grace, the human-machine hybrid, mm. a.k.a. a cyborg, is Mackenzie Davis, yeah. who we saw in Blade Runner 2049, playing that prostitute woman who didn't really have that much of an impact on the plot. Was she the robot? She was a replicant. Like the, okay. She wasn't the blue-haired wife. Right, that's what I'm thinking of. She was like a street prostitute. Man, I've forgotten a lot about that movie. Yeah, who tried to pick up Ryan Gosling. Right. She's in the trailer if you rewatch it. Yeah, she's in one of those three. Now, she was also in the San Junipero episode of Black Mirror. Very memorable episode there as the lesbian with the glasses. Mm -hmm. That's probably the best way to describe her. (laughs) And yeah, Grace... What impact do you think she'll have on this movie? I think she'll have a large impact on this movie. Yeah, I think absolutely. she will be a very key character, almost replacing, I guess, the T-8000. Um, in, in T-800. T-800. I'm going to get this wrong all the time. Because in my notes, he's Arnie. T-800, model 101. Yeah. Don't forget it. Now, here's an actress I'm not familiar with at all, playing Danny Ramos, is Natalia Reyes. Mm. Now, she's a Colombian actress, hasn't really done a lot of big films. Well, she's done a few films in Colombia, I think, but nothing that we've seen or heard of here. She, to me, looks like she's gearing up to be 
the new, in finger quotes, Linda Hamilton slash John Connor. Right. Okay, interesting. Now, I know for a fact that Maddie D thought she was a lot younger than she actually is because the actress is in her early 30s. Yeah, no, I was very surprised. It kind of created a little bit of reworking in my plot, right? Because I thought it might have gone in a different direction. A little peek behind the curtain. Maddie D came in to record the show and had a few questions. And when I answered those questions, he had to completely rewrite his (laughs) entire plot prediction. So I'm very excited to see what he ended up with. And I really want to know what he originally had yeah, as well. I'll, so I'll tell you what I originally. That. I'll tell you what I originally had. Now, playing the villain of the movie, the evil robot. We can presume he's a robot because we saw in the trailer that he is one. Yeah. The Terminator of the movie, I suppose, who isn't Arnie, is the Rev Nine. I don't know whether he is just Rev Nine or the Rev Nine. Rev 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 Nine. He goes really fast, and he has a racing strap. But he is being played by Gabriel Luna, right? Who is apparently from Prison Break. You're a big Prison Break fan. Yes, I don't recognise him. Who's, which character did he oh, play? I think he's probably just a minor character. Mm. Probably a background character in one episode. Was he in the last season? Because I haven't watched that yet. I don't know. I just know <laughs> he's from Prison Break. And he was also in True Detective, another show that I haven't seen. But he is apparently the Ghost Rider. He plays the Ghost Rider in the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. TV show. Oh, okay. And he's soon to be Ghost Rider in the upcoming Ghost Rider TV show. There you go. Up and comer. Up yeah, and comer. I didn't even realise was a thing. So he's probably going to be a household name by the end of the year. Oh, there you go. Imagine if Nicholas... Cage played this part. Oh my god, that'd oh, be that great. Would be, that would be actually a really great oh, idea. I'd love it. <laughs> be a completely different movie though. Now the last person I wanted to talk about playing Miguel Ramos, Danny's older brother, is Diego Bonetta. Mm. Now I'm not familiar with anything that Diego has done, so I just wanted to mention him because I'm going to mention him a few times in my plot, and I'm sure you are as well. Yep. No? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, he gets a mention. Yeah, I don't know what capacity he will actually appear in the film, but he plays somewhat of a role in my plot, so I think he's worth mentioning. Okay, that's very, very interesting. Now, if only Danny's name was Dora, because then we could have had Dora, Dora and her, her brother Diego. Diego. yeah. Speaking of, Dora the Explorer was supposed to come out today on the day of this recording, but it has been pushed back towards mid-August. So They want to make sure it's perfect when they yeah. release it. So anyone excited for Dora the yeah, Explorer? Yeah, me. I'm excited for Dora the Explorer. You're going to have to wait a few more weeks. Very disappointing. Coming out the same day as the kitchen of all movies. <laughs> Get a double feature there. Mm. Hit, up, uh, hit up two movies in one day. Absolutely. I think mm. we might have to, but anyway, <laughs> moving on. We'll do the thing where we go to the cinemas, pay for one ticket, and just hang around. Yeah. Don't do that, kids, if you're listening. Yeah. Don't, don't, Always don't support cheat your the, movies. Don't cheat the cinema. Heaven forbid you don't support the studio that brought us Dora the Explorer. <laughs> anyway, should we get straight into our plots? Let's I know it. you're excited, Maddie D, because you're I'm going so first. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. Uh, yeah, I'm going first, right? Let me go straight into it yeah, then. I'm ready to hear the clusterfuck of a plot that you've got. <laughs> clusterfuck. Come on. <laughs> Come on. All right. Here's how we're going to start this. Opening is narration by Sarah Connor. Appropriate. Yeah. We get to see some atmospheric, beautiful shots and whatnot while she's talking. Uh, She talks about Judgment Day, about preventing Judgment Day and about the evitability. We thought we prevented Judgment Day back in 1991, (laughs) but for some reason it keeps happening. It keeps happening. It's almost like they want to keep making Terminator movies or something. Yeah. Uh, And then she says, as she talks about the inevitability of things like the Terminators, she says that she will spend the rest of her life hunting them and then we get into an opening shot of a war zone where robots are being mowed down by soldiers it's going to be a very different scene but a very similar scene an inverse of what the start of Terminator 2 was exactly the rebellion the alliance well not the alliance the rebellion I resistance the resistance is winning the human resistance yes exactly the human resistance is winning so one of the soldiers reveals himself to be John Connor Mm. this is where uh, our friend Edward Furlong Edward Furlong will be they're like gosh you look different from how you did in Terminator Two. I think that how he appears, the camera might not linger on him. Maybe we'll, we'll see how he presents in, in. Well, I guess I don't know if he'll even be in this scene, but he'll. He, in my plot, he is there as kind of like an older general version of himself. He's definitely right. the leader of this resistance. The great military leader. <laughs> I wrote that down. <laughs> I'm so glad. We get a military colleague. I originally had Carl, but I think Carl Reese is gone at this stage, so it might just be some random. He tells John that they're finally pushing for a victory against Skynet, and Skynet is nearly defeated. This is all thanks to one of their soldiers, a young female soldier, mm. who has invented a virus that is taking down the robots. Can't be that young. <laughs> if it's who I think it is. 
a female soldier, <laughs> an experienced female yep. soldier who has invented a virus that she's used to infect Skynet. And that's because Skynet's kind of like a hive mind. It's right. made the robots, the Terminators, sorry, weaker, which has made their humans victory possible. Mm. Even though they'd already defeated Skynet at some point in the future in the previous two Terminator movies. Yeah, it's but inevitable. they're back. They're back. Yeah, exactly. Because the whole reason that Skynet used the time machine to send back the Terminators was because they had been defeated in the future. So therefore, they wanted to wipe out the people who defeated them. Look, if you're going to poke holes in my <laughs> plot, this isn't a, this isn't me attacking your three plot. sentences in. This is me attacking the makers of the Terminator movies. All right. Somehow Skynet's alive in this one, but the humans are winning. John Connor and his colleague are walking through this area. It's kind of like a you know like a bunker where there's sort of people that are wounded and you're seeing yeah, the sort like of we saw effects, in the first movie effects. Yeah. Well, the reason I say this is because I see like nurses and, and doctors sort of, yeah, chasing it, each other around yeah. like a Benny Hill sketch. Well, no, because they're all listed in the casting. So that's why oh, okay. I decided to put that in there. Suddenly they get rattled by an intruder who has infiltrated their bunker. Mm. The crew immediately pull up their guns and act defensively. And the figure reveals herself to be Grace. Grace says she demands to speak with John Connor. John Connor, the brave hero that he is, steps forward. Great military leader. Great military leader. Grace tells them that she has left Skynet to aid them. They tell her, we're already winning against Skynet. She's like, no, you're not. They're going to attempt to alter the fabric of time. Again. Again. (laughs) They love doing that. (laughs) They love doing it. It's kind of their thing. And right now, you really need my help. Fade to present day. Dun, 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 dun. So we flash to present day where we meet Danny. She's a happy-go-lucky mechanic. She works with machines. That's really important, mm. everyone. She works with machines. Yeah, just a coincidence. Yeah. She is pretty relatable. And one day, whilst driving with her brother, she gets into a car accident. Can't be that good with machines then. <laughs> well, the brother was driving. Okay. <laughs> But the car accident wasn't entirely her fault. A car sort of swerved and hit her. We're meant to believe that it was a tragic set of circumstance. So she kind of wakes up. It's all, you know, wreckage and whatnot. And she gets saved. She's missing all her teeth. She hit them on the front dash. (laughs) (laughs) What What an incredible turn that would be. She spends the whole movie like that. No, she gets pulled out of the wreckage by a stranger. This stranger, a good Samaritan. A good Samaritan. This stranger like helps her up. She's kind of delirious and she helps her to her truck. And this stranger, who is a woman who happens to be the same woman we saw in the previous scene, is Grace, mm. puts her into her big pickup truck and says, we need to leave right now and is driving off. Danny, she was initially thankful, but when she realizes that this stranger isn't taking her to any kind of hospital, she immediately becomes suspicious. They drive to a nearby diner where Grace explains that she's... Big Boy, the big boy diner, the from big Terminator boy 1. diner. Yeah, why not? Let's have a nod and a wink to the old franchise. Grace explains to her that she's been sent back in time to save her. Danny is understandably upset by this revelation. Takes a moment to go into the bathroom, but instead escapes out, out the, the window, window because she thinks she's with a maniac. That old trope. Exactly. As she's running off, she runs into a not too nice Terminator, but she doesn't know it's a Terminator. In she's a flannel sort of, shirt. Is he wearing a flannel shirt yep. in the trailer? Yep. Then he's wearing a flannel shirt here. So she waves him down. He looks like he's about to help, but then attacks her and she tries to run off. Grace comes in, saves her and takes her into the car. And then we immediately go into a big car chase. This culminates into the scene we see in the trailer where the cars come to a head. Grace comes out of the truck and they face off against Terminators, which can multiply into two Terminators. What was his name? Rafe? Rave. Rev. Rav. I'm just going to call him <laughs> Rafe. Rev. So Rev is a Terminator that has a liquid portion of his body, much mm-hmm. like the Terminator 2 bad guy. And he also has a metal skeleton like the original Terminator and the two can separate and be kind of working as two different Terminators essentially Mm -hmm. so he can double which is what we see for the first time and Grace is she can handle her own but she's out of her element and then just then they get interrupted again by a old face that comes in and it is Sarah Connor and she manages to blow up at least temporarily Rav they all get in Sarah's car Rev 9 Rev what do I keep saying Rav Rav. (laughs) as in like Rav 4 well in my notes he's bad Terminator (laughs) so It's almost like you should have written his name down or something. (laughs) It's like I should. She blows up Rev and they all go with Sarah and escape by the skin of their teeth. They have a little bit of uh, of a conversation and this is where a little bit of Grace's backstory is revealed. So what's Sarah Connor doing there? Oh yeah. So Sarah Connor, she spends the rest of her life in solitude and she- Like a monk. She believes that she, as she said in the opening credits, that she cannot prevent Judgment Day. I mean, it's happened so many times. Yeah. So she's always expecting Terminators to come. So her life is dedicated to doing whatever it takes to prevent the inevitability of the future happening because she knows how easily it can happen since it happens 
so many times before. So anytime she gets a whiff and she's like, she's tracking she's if like, there's... I can smell Terminators. Well, she's tracking if there's any sort of notification or any word of any Terminators coming in. And then immediately when she finds out about that, she goes and tracks them down. Now, So who's she, letting her know that Terminators are arriving? Does she's she have knowing, an app on her phone? <laughs> no. Well, they come via time travel, right? Yeah. So, of course, there's going to be reports of people saying weird circle shape appearing here or lightning here or weird person naked Ooh, or whatever. Okay. And yep. because she's so got her fingers on the pulse and she's looking out for that, she immediately knows that there's a Terminator around and because she's so paranoid and because she's so hell-bent on stopping it, she immediately goes and tries to track him down, which has led her to this point here. Right. As she sense. says in the trailer, she's devoted her life to hunting down Terminators. Yeah, I'm with you. And then we also, we'll, we'll get that explanation from, from Sarah, but we'll also get the explanation of Grace. So Grace explains that she was originally from Skynet. She was a young human child that was kidnapped and Skynet attempted to make a super Terminator, Terminator by merging the qualities of a human with the qualities of a Terminator. So we get a flashback of when she was a young girl and how and like the sort of needle injections and that process and how she actually became what she is. She's skipping down the street. <laughs> the robots pull up in a van and drag her in. Well, a lot more brutal than that, okay. I imagine. Wow, more we, brutal. We got an R rating for this one. Okay. She says because of this, she has a conscience and she left Skynet voluntarily, went into well, that was John- a poor design on Skynet's behalf <laughs> then, wasn't it? Went into John Connor's camp, told John Connor that they had sent Rev to present day, to this day, to You know, this is what Skynet did in Terminator 4, right? Yeah, it's funny, isn't it? Yeah. It's very funny. It's almost like they're repeating ideas, or I am repeating yeah. ideas. And I so you. Grace said to John that someone needs to go back to stop Rev from killing the person that is, who is Danny going to defeat Skynet. Mm, she's so good with machines. Because she's so good with in machines. In the future, she, she could do all sorts of things. Exactly, exactly. John Connor, she explains that John Connor was immediately, uh, at first apprehensive, but he sort of came around and agreed to send her back in time to fulfill this deal for the resistance. And that's our backstory. At this stage, they don't know what they're going to do. They're sort of trying to protect Danny. Sarah sees a lot of herself in Danny, so she's sort of on board. It's kind of a similar story. It's kind of a repeat of what happened in previous yeah. movies, which is why Sarah feels like connected to Danny. She's like, just thank God they're not chasing me for a change. <laughs> Sarah says there's only one person that can help out. There's two Terminators. Not even Grace can defeat both of those Terminators by herself. They need help. They need someone who's dealt with this sort of thing before and she knows just the person that can help or just the machine that can help. After all, she's kept tabs of this machine for a while. So they go on an adventure on a road trip and they meet up with the T-800. What's he doing there? He's just chilling out. How did he end up in this timeline? Didn't he age and then he stayed there? Yeah, when? He died at the end of Terminator 2. They lowered him into the lava. Yeah, but didn't he come back in one of the other installments? It doesn't matter. They've wiped them off the map. Nothing that happened in those movies happened. He's just there. Maybe he... uh, That's a loop. That's a whole idea. I just figured they... The arm that they left behind in the machinery (laughs) that everyone was upset about grew into a full-grown Terminator. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. No, I think at some stage he was sent back and he just sort of stayed... (laughs) I'm going. Did I come back to the wrong time? I'm going off what I'm going off. I'm going off what they went with Genesis. Maybe, maybe his skeleton carcass didn't actually die in the second one. Maybe it was, you know, somehow, (laughs) somehow, like rebuilt. Even though we clearly saw Um, that it was destroyed, but it is an old man Terminator. Yeah, so he's back. While they're meeting up with... Why is he called Carl? Why is he called Carl? Yeah. I don't know. He's got to call him something, right? <laughs> right, fair enough. Do you know? Not really, but I have a theory. Oh, okay. Well, I'll say Carl. It makes it easier than saying T-800. Okay. So they meet up with Carl. They explain the situation. They need his help. During this stage, the bad Terminator Rev has caught up with them. He attacks because, like... Carl is living in this sort of almost Rambo-esque property because he's like just sitting away and he wants to be kept away from, you know, the rocking chair. Exactly, exactly. Rev attacks. There's a big scuffle. So this is at the T-800's house, right? <laughs> yeah, this okay. is at his pad. Now, what the Terminator has, what Carl has, and what he's managed to claim is there's a little bit of Skynet that has been left over. Well, that wasn't damaged in the second movie. What wasn't damaged in the... Well, he wasn't there in the second movie, so it doesn't matter. Yes, he was. Well, not Carl. Carl wasn't there. 
Well, but no. you're saying that the arm was left behind or some piece some, of Skynet. Some piece of Skynet, yeah. Okay, they yeah. didn't destroy everything. They, they didn't destroy they everything. They didn't destroy everything. And because Carl realises that the events keep happening, the only way to be safe, and because he's a Terminator, he lives forever, hypothetically, I don't know, he's just going to keep it and he's going to defend it and he's going to live in solitude and that's going to be like his little good soldier thing of making sure things don't go wrong, even though in the future it happens anyway. But we'll get to that. Okay. Rev steals this item and he's decided he's going to go and he's going to reboot Skynet and create Judgment Day. Okay. Oh, no. So, they're now it's gone in reverse. They're going to chase after him. It all comes to a head where they find themselves, because they're in Mexico at this, ta- this entire point. I didn't mention okay. that. <laughs> so, so, his name should have been Carlos. Then, Carlos, instead of, yeah. Instead of Carl. Well, he's not living with anybody. They manage to find Just their way to, the sombrero. Um, to the borderline of Mexico and America. Mm-hmm. There's a whole big scuffle and they manage to take over that. They kind of coax the people who are in charge there that there's, the border a, patrol. there's a threat. The border patrol, that there's a threat coming. But like, as long as you don't have drugs, go on through. Anyway, they sort of arm everybody at the wall. <laughs> the wall? The, at the border there. Okay. Because this is something no I saw in the trailer. Yet. So I'm connecting it. I'm connecting it. While they're doing that, Rev has found remains of where people have in secret tried to create their own Sky Terminators. Net? Okay. Skeletons. But they're not really good. They're kind of like... <laughs> they've kind of been inspired it's by... Like Robocop 2. Yeah, they've kind of... These prototypes. <laughs> they've kind of been inspired because obviously they saw people had seen the Terminators come in. They're like, we got to make them. And they tried to make them, but it didn't really work. So they've just kind of been left in this warehouse. He's managed to find them. He's used the conscience of the Skynet chip to reboot them. So it's a chip, is it? Yeah. Okay. And now he has an army of skeletons. Big fight scene. Humans versus Terminator robots. Sarah is leading the charge. Danny finds herself in her own as like a leader. She kind of comes into her own. The humans win. It's a big, impressive battle. We're going to have a fight scene where Rev splits off into his two forms, one being the liquid form and one being the metal skeleton form. He's going to verse Grace and Carl. They're going to have a Pirates of the Caribbean 2 style fight. It's going to be very cool. And What, what do you mean by Pirates of the Caribbean 2 style? There's going to be a giant wheel? tentacle monster. <laughs> they're, roll- they're running around on top of the wheels. Yeah. <laughs> what? That was the worst part of the part right, of the I Caribbean love that. movies. I love that part. Okay. I love that part. All right. Oh, well, I guess for you, Kieran. <laughs> I'm imagining Arnold Schwarzenegger on top of like a wheel, like a giant wheel. It doesn't have to be wheel. on an actual wheel. Does it just <laughs> Rolling around. It's just kind of like a, a Mexican standoff culminating into a, a fight scene okay. between four people. Right. Even though Pirates of the Caribbean, it was three. But um, I love that part of the movie. I can't believe you didn't like it. This will go into a factory because that's where all Terminator movies seem to end or culminate Mm -hmm. to. There was definitely a factory of some kind in the trailer, Mm. I think. Carl will cryogenically freeze the liquid version of Rev. Mm, That's interesting. place him into a metal destroyer machine. You know, like those (laughs) Oh, yeah, one of those machines. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I use those all the time. And Grace will sacrifice herself by tackling the metal skeleton version of Rev into the same machine, destroying- (laughs) Metal destroying machine. Is this like one of those machine presses from the first Terminator movie? Like a grinder or a press. Okay, fair enough. And three people die. Three machines die. Just unrelated three people die. <laughs> this culminates into the ending of the movie, which is a tearful, emotional scene. Wait, so Grace sacrificed herself yeah, that's right. to get rid of the endoskeleton. That's right. Okay, fair enough. So, so all the other robots are dead. So you're counting the liquid metal version of Rev-9 and the endoskeleton version as of Rev-9 as two separate lives. Yeah, almost. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I guess they're like one part of Technically, one I suppose you could say that none of them are alive, so technically none of them True. died. They were just destroyed, True. but whatever. <laughs> three characters or two characters died. Anyway, this culminates into our emotional scene where Carl asks Sarah to kill him. Sarah refuses. She like puts the gun up to his head. And is looking like she's going to do it, but decides not to. Um, we need you for the sequel. As, as Carl walks away into the sunset, he says, I'll be back. Of and course. Sarah says... And the audience goes, boo! <laughs> Sarah says, hasta la vista, baby. Oh, no. <laughs> um, boo, they're throwing the popcorn at the screen. <laughs> that's my plot. Um, okay. I'm going to I'm gonna let you know what I, what I initially Wait, had. wait, so that was the one that you're going with? <laughs> that's the one I'm going <laughs> with. I thought that was the bad one that you weren't using. <laughs> Nope, that's the one I'm right. on. Okay, what so, was the one that so you didn't use? I was kind of 
thinking that the reason they wanted to kill Danny was that she was going to bear a child. That's what I was originally going to go with. And I went from she gets with John Connor and gives birth to I thought she would give birth to Grace. That doesn't really make Mm. a lot of sense, right? Because maybe Grace is like the superhuman hybrid and maybe that's why Grace is set back in time to save her mother. Then I thought maybe... Doesn't really look that Latin as well, Yeah, exactly. I was like, but you got to stretch. You got to stretch with me for this next one. And I was like, what if... But that's um, something that they did in Terminator 3, the whole mm. threat John Connor's wife yeah. scenario. Yeah. And I thought maybe because I thought imagine it would be funny if it like <laughs> this Terminator is just a back to the future kind of where they're trying to like get Danny with John Connor. The whole movie is just them trying to get them together. Yeah, that's what they did in Terminator <laughs> 3. And it didn't work in that movie. Um and the other thing was is what if Danny was actually the mother of Sarah Connor, which is a stretch as what? well. But it could be possible. If you, How? Because you've got time travel. Yeah, but again, Linda Hamilton <laughs> slash Sarah Connor is not a Latino. <laughs> I know. Which is why you got to stretch with me in this one. Okay. Um, so this is why you didn't go with it, obviously. Yeah, obviously, because I couldn't okay. make sense of it. But yeah, this is this is what I've got. And you know what? The movie might be like that. So I'd, I don't. Okay. I wouldn't be so smug if I were you. Okay. Worst, yeah, I suppose we really don't know. Worst things have happened. I think I've followed a trend with my plot. So I'd stand by it. Look how smug he is. <laughs> He's got his like, he's stretched out all relaxed. Like he's like nailed it. (laughs) I'm just glad it's over to be honest with you. All right. I want to hear what you have to say because you've done a lot more work than me. Well, I wouldn't necessarily say that. I obviously just had different thoughts to you. We had a few moments where our plots were similar, but for the most part, we're not really the same at all. Yay. But I just want to reiterate that I did what I think the filmmakers will genuinely do in the finished movie and I reused a whole lot of stuff that we saw in previous Terminator movies because, you know, there's only so many things you can do in a Terminator movie before you have to start recycling things. And if they're playing off the whole success of Terminator 2, there's so many things that you can play with and reference and Mm. they've done it already already in the sequels. So a lot of stuff is going to sound familiar, but as I said, this is something I completely expect the filmmakers to actually do. Quite like you, Maddie D., I think the film is going to open up with narration from Linda Hamilton. I don't know exactly what she's going to say. It won't really matter at the end of the day. It's just, (laughs) you know, there is no fate but what we make for ourselves. Linda Hamilton, Linda Hamilton, Linda Hamilton, Linda Hamilton. But I think after this narration, the film will open with a cold open with Grace and the Rev-9 coming back in time from the future. So it's going to be the middle of the night like we've seen in all the other Terminator movies. There's going to be the electric glowing orb that transports them back. They're nude. And what I think will happen is that Grace will appear. A whole bunch of police will turn up to investigate the disturbance. Mm. She's going to have a fight where she beats them all up while she's naked. And she will steal some of their clothes and a flak jacket. Because she's going to be ready for battle. It's going to be just like in the previous Terminator movies where they don't really tell you straight off the bat who is good and who is evil. Unless you've seen a trailer, of course. Yeah, because it's pretty obvious. Unless it's not. mm. Yeah, we'll never know until we see the movie. And of course, I think that Rev-9 will appear from the future and he's going to kill some hapless guy (laughs) who's just trying to mind his own business, some good Samaritan who's turned up to see... Some lumberjack. Yeah, I said uh, a night shift factory worker (laughs) or just some guy walking his dog. (laughs) And he's going to take that guy's clothes, or does he? I think we can presume that the liquid metal just replicates the clothes the same way that the T-1000 did, but we don't see it, so we don't know at this stage who the good guy is, who the bad guy is. I think after this, we will flash to the next day. It's daytime. It's wonderful. It's LA. It's a nice hot summer day. And we meet Danny Ramos and her older brother, Diego, who both work in an auto body shop as mechanics. Are oh, you copying my plot Surprise, already. surprise. Now, you probably looked at the poster and saw that she was wearing a mechanic's uniform, right? Nope. You didn't know that? You just... <laughs> I just guessed. You just guessed? Wow, that's a pretty good yeah, guess. I think I saw her in the trailer driving past what looked like an auto shop or just the car well, she was Well, she is wearing an auto shop uniform. But yeah, I didn't, so that's I didn't pick I up the from. uniform. So I actually looked at the poster to get my prediction. So in the workplace, I think Danny is going to be constantly catcalled by the other employees. But regardless, she is a fully competent mechanic. She's always out to prove herself. And she beats them up. Well, no, she doesn't beat them up. She just sort of tells them off and her brother offers to defend her. But she's like, no, I can stand up for myself. Don't worry about it. Now, at this stage as well, I think that Grace and Rev-9 will begin stalking Danny. So, similar to the first Terminator movie, she keeps seeing them out of the corner of her eye following her. She's mainly focusing on Grace, because Grace is the one that's standing out the most. As a police officer? Well, I guess she's wearing a flak jacket, isn't she? So, that's probably going to stand 
stand up. She's probably going to be topless, but with a flak jacket. So that's really standing out. <laughs> yeah. And so she's spending so much time paying attention to the fact that Grace is following her that she isn't noticing that Rev9 is also following her. Now, I think as well that Rev9 is going to turn up at the body shop to get his car repaired. Like he's going to roll in with a car or a truck and go, yeah, can you fix this for me? And this is what's going to get him close enough to Danny to launch an attack. Grace will swoop in once this attack takes place in the auto body shop and they're going to bundle into a one of the utes that they're working on there, a utility vehicle. I think they call them a pickup truck in the US and they're going to take off. They start tearing off down the highway like we saw in the trailer and then smashing through the highway barrier wall is the Rev 9 in a bulldozer truck. <laughs> I love that. I didn't, yeah, I forgot to mention it's that. It's got a bulldozer attachment to the front of the truck which he can use to flip other cars over and destroy everything in his way. It's almost exactly like the Terminator 2 truck chase but more revved up and more CGI infused. And through this whole chase, Danny is completely oblivious as to why she's being targeted by the machines. But she doesn't even know they're machines, eh? No, she doesn't know they're machines. She doesn't really know what's going on. She doesn't know who Grace is, but Grace is helping her out, so she'd rather... well, I'm with her. Yeah, if she's going to help me, I'll go with her. Now, we learn through the truck chase, like we saw in the trailer, that Rev-9 is a Terminator who has a liquid metal skin and a robotic endoskeleton, like you said in your plot, each of which can operate independently of each other. So they can like brush each other's hair and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, exactly. Well, the endoskeleton doesn't have hair. He's got a spot where you can put drinks or whatever in his head. He hasn't got like a top of his head, if you notice. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. You could probably put a little salad in yeah, there. Absolutely. They a can, little pot plant. They can share clothes. Exactly. Well, the endoskeleton doesn't wear clothes either. Anyway, but the whole point is while the endoskeleton is driving the truck and chasing them, the liquid metal skin can form into his own version and jump out onto their car and they can get into all sorts of sneaky scenarios where the liquid metal guy can be disguised as someone to distract them while the endoskeleton sneaks up on them. It's going to set themselves up for a whole bunch of fun later in the movie. <laughs> I'd love if they like fought with each other. <laughs> I don't think they will. Well, I actually wrote here that the liquid metal Rev-9 is stronger with the endoskeleton. Yeah. So once they're together basically unstoppable and the endoskeleton can't blend in without the liquid metal skin right so he permanently looks like the endoskeleton yeah so he's going to stand out like a sore thumb unless the liquid metal's on him yeah so it's very much a last resort that they separate at all rev 9 is going to ram into their truck with his bulldozer Bulldozer. with his bulldozer truck and grace is going to grab danny dive out of the car but unfortunately diego who was also in the car i should point out is going to be killed oh no so he's come along for the ride essentially i forgot to point that out in the auto body shop and it's at this stage freaking out he's just as confused as danny is but of course this doesn't really matter because grace's priority is danny they dive out of the car he can't make it in time. The truck is blown up. Of course, Danny is upset, but she's got no time to grieve because the Rev-9 is bearing down on them. It looks like all hope is lost. And then it, quite like in your plot, quite do, like do, in the trailer, do, 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 do. this is the point where Sarah Connor rocks up with her arsenal and happens to fight off the Rev-9. We didn't see this in the trailer, but I can guarantee you this is going to happen. She's going to look at the two of them and say, come with me if you want to live. Yeah, definitely. Now, I also think that Sarah isn't going to trust Grace at all. She's going to be immediately aware that Grace is a Terminator. Of course, she probably saw her in the fight, leaping around in the car and throwing rebar at Rev-9. Do you think it'll be a conflict in the movie that Grace sees herself as a human and I guess Sarah is so prejudiced almost against Terminators? Yeah, yeah. Well, I was going to explain Grace's backstory a little bit in a few sentences, but essentially Grace is a human machine hybrid, as I mentioned before, a cyborg. She was developed by the Resistance rather than Skynet. Ooh. And she fully identifies as a human. So she grew up as a human until she got cybernetic implants. So she still identifies as a human. Why would the Resistance make a Terminator, though? They would hate them, right? Basically as a defense. Uh, okay. That makes more sense than my idea. So they don't have to rely on snatching up Terminators to be able to save people in the past who are important. Essentially, that was my whole theory behind Grace. Now, the reason that I thought that Sarah Connor was able to locate them on the highway during this chase is that she was listening to the news, listening to her police scanner and any signs that point towards a possible potential Terminator threat, she's straight on it like a like a fly on shit, basically. <laughs> but she's dealt with enough Terminators to recognize any signs. The patterns. The scent of Terminator trouble. Now, I also think that Grace isn't aware why exactly she's been sent back, but all she knows is that she has to protect Danny at all costs. Like, it's like she's programmed to do that. It's her yeah. orders. Yeah, that's it. So she basically has had her memory wiped to some extent. Right. 
And this has basically been done to prevent anything from happening in the past that may prevent grace from existing or interfering with the past in any way. Yeah. Creating anomalies, essentially. Had enough of those in previous movies. So the trio will travel out into a cabin in the middle of nowhere, right in the middle of the desert, not in Mexico. Oh, okay. Where they will meet up with the aged T-800. He's been living out there as a hermit for the last 30 years, and he goes by the name Carl. He even has his own business. So you gave me a hard time about having Carl there. Why, why is he there in your plot? So I reckon we're going to have a flashback to 1991 after the events of Terminator 2, where another Terminator is sent back in time. They're all baffled as to why he <laughs> rocks up to protect John Connor. And the whole reason for this is that the Terminator will say some throwaway line like, you'll understand in 30 years. Okay. And he just hangs out with John Connor for like 30 years? Well, I don't think he specifically will hang out with John Connor, but he basically... John Connor is excited to have him back. He's like, oh, my father figure is back after we lowered him into lava a few seconds ago. I was all really sad, but now it's not really worth being sad since he just came back with no big deal. But yeah, so essentially someone in the future is making moves to help protect either John or Sarah or Danny even Mm, in the future. Interesting. Maybe, actually, I'm changing it right now. Maybe the resistance is just doubling up on protection. They're like, there may be a point in the future where another Skynet machine is sent back in time. So we're just going to double down. For now, we're going to send the T-800 just in case something happens in the next 30 years. And we're going to work on our cyborgs. Until in the meantime, that's probably going to take about 30 years to develop. So we're going to have the T-800 there for his protection shift. And then we can swap him out with our race (laughs) model later on if he needs a break. We can upgrade him. Yeah, that's the explanation for that. And I think this is where we'll get our brief flashback to 1991 as well. All right. Notice there wasn't one for me because I don't think it's going to happen. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. We will see. So Sarah Connor believes that Rev9 could also be targeting John Connor in addition to Danny. So she decides that it would be safest if all of them group together. <laughs> go so, to John's house? Well, yeah, they're going to go to John. So they've got two Terminators who can protect a lot of them and they're going to be safest all together in one location. So they're going to hunker down and essentially face any threat that comes at them head on. I like it. It gives them a, a purpose to go to, yeah. John has now joined the army. Since he wants to be skilled enough to fight back against the machines with full military force if Judgment Day ever occurs. That makes a lot of sense. So at the end of Terminator 2, he's like, well, I'm just a kid. I don't know how I'm going to grow up to be this great military Military leader. leader. Of course, he's like, I want to be prepared in case anything happens. So he enlists as soon as he can. And over time... He he steals a bunch of credit cards to pay for his army fees. Yeah, maybe. But yeah, he's completely turned his life around and joined the military. Now, Sarah is disappointed by this decision. Really? She feels like she could have taught John to survive on his own without relying on the man. Since he's joined the army, now he's joined the man. It's basically as bad as helping to create Skynet. Right. You're one of those government types now. So she's You're the ones who created the machines in the first place. So she's not speaking to him? Is there a rest of the relationship? She hasn't been in contact with John since he joined the military because she thought it was the wrong thing to do. She essentially feels like he's turned his back on her, has refused her guidance in favour of a system that she feels like created the mess in the first place. So they travel out to the military base, which happens to be in the middle of the desert as well. A lot of desert in this movie, but that's California for you. And at the military base, they rock up. It's a restricted zone, so they're immediately arrested. And we find out that John is the base commander. So he's the highest authority in the whole base. Look at John. So John, despite all his character development in the last movie, he's reverted back to thinking that his mother is crazy since she's still paranoid about Judgment Day. And by this time, he's convinced that they've essentially prevented it. It's yeah. like it hasn't happened so when it's supposed to happen. So maybe she's so traumatized that she just can't let it go. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. She's running around as a hermit still. He's just like, why can't you just get over it? Look, we're prepared for it if it happens. We've developed a lot since the 90s. So I don't understand why you're still acting like this. Let it go, mom. I think Sarah will use Grace and the T-800 to prove to John that Skynet still clearly exists in the future. He's like, look, how can these guys be here if they don't exist anymore? We'll have like a skin off the arm scene probably. Well, Grace has been damaged at this point by the fight. A pole, right? Yeah. Yeah. So she got scraped on the arm in a very unconvincing CGI effect in the trailer. (laughs) And... I think the military doctors are going to take her away and operate on her and investigate into her to find out what extent she is a machine. So I think both oh, Sarah I, and I know John... where you're going now. Yeah, both oh, Sarah and John are like, well, how do we know we can trust this Terminator? We're not familiar with this Terminator. Also, they're going to look and see how she's built and how she operates. Basically see a flash of a moment in a trailer where you see she's tied to a table and all these doctors are sort of poking and probing at her. And I think that will be this moment. She's a little girl in that scene, isn't she? No, she's a full adult. Am I thinking of 
a different thing, yeah. And of course, through this poking and probing on the operating table, we see that Grace is fully capable of feeling pain, which is something Terminators typically can't do, unless you're that Terminator from the fourth Terminator movie. Remember that guy? Yeah, I remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, during all this as well, I think John will have a moment where he reconnects with the T-800, who of course was his father figure in the previous movie. I think they'll just have a brief chat, talk to each other. John will vent some of his emotions to him, but they're not going to play into it too much. Now, this has all been pretty calm and relaxed at this point. Yeah. A lot of talking, not a lot of action. Surprise! Oh, no. Rev-9 has infiltrated the military base by disguising himself as a soldier. He didn't drive through the wall with his truck bulldozer? No. no. That was destroyed by Linda Hamilton Damn. in the, the highway chase. Okay, so he's disguised as a soldier? Yep. He's snuck in. He's all sneaky, like a Terminator should be. And out of nowhere, he starts attacking our heroes. And John has all his soldiers open fire on the Rev-9. But, of course, the military are no match for a Terminator. And he handily takes them all out. And I think that while Grace and Danny and our heroes are making a break for it, John will say, look, I'll take care of this essentially sacrificing himself to let his family escape. And I think John will be killed by the Rev-9 in an overly dramatic way. But he's supposed to be a great military leader. He's not. He failed. Wow. Or succeeded. So I think they will use the liquid metal skin. The Rev-9 will use the liquid metal skin to distract John. So he... (laughs) Look over here, look over here, (laughs) look over here. As like the skeleton is like creeping up on him. Yeah, that's it. So John is opening fire on the liquid metal version. He's ducking and weaving while the bullets just go straight through him while the metal endoskeleton sneaks up behind him, grabs him around the neck, and they'll say something like, the Rev-9 will come up and look him in the face and say something sarcastic like, some military leader you are, (laughs) and then they'll break his neck. No more John Connor. Where's Woofy? Your foster parents are dead. (laughs) As well, while John is fighting and being defeated by Rev-9, I think the T-800 will remain behind while our heroes go to escape in a military aircraft. The T-800 is going to remain behind to attempt to protect John because that's his sole purpose after all. So he is going to get into a fight with Rev-9, but quite like the fight with the T-1000 in Terminator 2, he's going to be pretty easily taken down. He's going to be smashed. He's going to have the skin ripped off him, basically half the skin off his face as is standard. And it looks like he's been crippled. Looks like interesting. Now, Grace, Sarah, and Danny make a break for it in a military aircraft. They fly out of the base, but Rev follows them in his own military vehicle. Mm. But another surprise, the T-800 hasn't been defeated after all. He snuck on board Rev-9's airplane. Is he just holding on to the the outer rim of the the plane? He's in the plane. He's in the plane. So Rev-9 is flying the plane after them. He's getting closer and closer to their aircraft. And then, surprise, the hand slaps down on his shoulder. It's the T-800. They get into a scuffle. The two planes collide in midair. During this chaos, the liquid metal version will separate from the endoskeleton of the Rev-9 and leap onto the other plane. So he can basically claw his way into the plane and attack our heroes while the T-800 fights the endoskeleton. Now, Grace will bundle Sarah and Danny into a military jeep, which has been rigged with a parachute just in case they have to do a military vehicle drop. So that is jettisoned from the plane and the parachute goes up. So they essentially will float to safety while Grace takes on the liquid metal version of Rev-9. The T-800, of course, is fighting the endoskeleton version of Rev-9 in their own plane. Both planes are crashing towards the Earth. I think Grace will get the upper hand on Rev-9. She'll like kick him out the window or something, allowing her to leap from the plane and grab onto the parachuting jeep. And the plane that's carrying the T-800 and the Rev-9 endoskeleton will crash into the ocean. The two of them will continue to fight underwater. Cool. But like really slow-mo because it's like underwater. Yeah. They're, they're yeah, exactly. fighting is slow. They're just like slamming each other with their fists. So the liquid metal version of the Rev-9 will make its way back to the endoskeleton. I suppose he crashes nearby in his plane. Can it go through water? I guess it can. Yeah. Well, he's his regular human looking self. So he just doggy oh, paddles over. Right, right. They reconnect and then together they're able to finally defeat once and for all the T-800. They'll probably smash his head with their foot or rip his head off or blow him up. Whatever. He's going to be dead. He's destroyed for good. Obviously. Obviously, the T-800 is drawing the fight out as long as possible and sacrificing himself in the hopes that Danny, Grace, and Sarah can get as far away as possible. And in fact, they are. They they land their Jeep in the middle of the Mexican desert. Look at that. We've ended up in Mexico. And so Sarah, Danny, and Grace travel back to America on a cargo train loaded with immigrants, quite like we see in the trailer. (laughs) Okay. So basically, the train transports goods from Mexico into America. So a whole bunch of immigrants jump on the train in the hopes that they can get as close as they can to the border and then sneak over. Sarah and the gang are basically like, well, we're going to do the same. 
At this point, Sarah has lost faith in the hope that humanity will survive against the machines. Well, she's just lost her son. Yeah, so since I think John might... has been killed and she's always held on to the idea that John is the hope for the future. Without John, there won't be a resistance. There won't be victory for the human resistance at all against Skynet. So she doesn't know what to do. But Grace reminds her, Grace is the one to finally sit down next to her and say, she's going to say something along the lines of, there is no fate but what oh. we make for ourselves, reiterating what Sarah Connor learnt from Carl Reese and said to John time and time again. And she says, look, we're still alive. There's still things that we can do to, to prevent Judgment Day, to make sure that humanity survives in the future. And Sarah is perked up by this pep talk. And they decide, look, we're going to go back to America. We're going to go back to my compound, Sarah Connor's compound. Oh, man. And we're going to bring the fight. We're going to have the... A showdown? Going to have a showdown? Yes. We're going to have Rev-9 fight us on our home ground where we have the advantage. So I think there'll Except be... Except for Danny. She has never been there before. Yeah, exactly. Well, she just needs to be protected. She's along for the ride, whether she likes it or not. I think there'll be a moment of social commentary where our heroes have to cross the American <laughs> slash Mexican border. That's a lovely back way in, of phrasing that. Yes. Back into America and they'll be confronted by overzealous border control. <laughs> Sarah will probably punch them in the face and they'll, they'll just run over the border and somehow escape. But, you know, there'll be a moment where Sarah's like, I'm an American citizen and these people have just as much right to be here as you. That sort of speech. Mm. I can totally see that happening. Now, back in America. Now, at this point, this is all just me making it up off the top of my head, as is 90% of the show anyway. But when I was coming up with this concept, I had no idea how on earth this final fight would take place. It was very much a, a final hour thing to decide to do it in Sarah's compound. It's so, a good choice. So I'm basically seeing this compound similar to how it was in the sixth Terminator movie, where they've got all sorts of traps set up just in case a Terminator rocks up there. And the whole idea is that they're drawing Rev-9 into a trap. Now, I think the big final fight will take place. Rev-9 will rock up. They'll start shooting at him. Uh, He'll just keep walking. He'll do his thing. And I think Sarah will be able to destroy Rev-9's endoskeleton by using one of her traps. It might be a pit that he falls into and that she drops grenades down into it or something like that. Once they're celebrating the victory over the endoskeleton, that's when, of course, the sneaky liquid metal version kills Sarah. Maybe it will disguise itself as Grace or Danny. So Sarah will go running up to Danny and be like, Hey, we won. We got the endoskeleton. Then stab. Sarah Connor is killed by the liquid metal version of Rev-9, but this will allow Grace a moment to get the upper hand on the liquid metal version of Rev-9. She'll take it by surprise and she will be able to destroy it. Now, I was really racking my brain over how do you destroy the liquid metal without a lava pit, essentially. Mm. And this is legit what I came up with. I said that she's going to freeze it with liquid nitrogen. Of course you did. She's you not going to She's that. not going to put it in a metal destroying machine. <laughs> essentially, what I thought was that she's going to freeze it with liquid metal and then completely blow it to smithereens. We know that that didn't work in Terminator 2, so maybe Terminator 6 style, they'll melt it with acid. Okay. I'm going to go with the acid. Yeah, makes more sense. I don't think they'll but do maybe that. It, but maybe yeah. it's weaker because it's out of its exoskeleton, so maybe it could be... Endoskeleton. Smashed. Endoskeleton, sorry. So maybe it can smash into many pieces. Maybe. Oh, well, let's just say acid burns it up. Yeah. They've had an acid trap set up, just like in Terminator 6. Everyone would be like, hey, they did that already. But they're like, no, no, James Cameron wrote it. Must be good. <laughs> so we learn in the final act of the movie that it's Danny's expertise in mechanics and with machinery in the future, just like in your plot, that allows her in the future to be able to reprogram the Terminators and send them back. So the whole time in the previous movies, she was the one with the mechanical expertise to allow Since the, the resistant to yeah, reprogram the Terminators and send them back. So she's really important. But essentially, again, she'll also develop the concept of creating the cyborg soldiers like Grace in the future. Well, at least she'll make the first steps, but this is something that happens way down the track. But now they've essentially decided that she is the one who needs to step up and replace John as the leader of the human resistance in the future. Will there be a need for a human resistance, though? Yeah, Skynet's still around. They haven't defeated them. They made no steps in this movie to prevent Skynet from causing Judgment Day. Essentially, they're going to leave it open for a sequel. Grace is still there. Danny's still there. They're ending in the present. They're looking off into so the oncoming is, cloud. And they say, no matter what happens, we'll be ready to fight them. And as long as there's hope, there's going to be hope for humanity in the future. So it's Whatever a, trite thing they come up yeah, with. It's technically a reboot then, is yes. what you're doing. Yeah. They're setting themselves up for Terminator 7 or essentially Terminator 4 in this new continuity where it's the Terminator 2 of this new timeline. 
this new, fresh, clean cannon. Right. You with me? I am. And yes. that's my plot. And I think that's more likely than my plot to happen. I think. I don't know. even remember what happened at the end of your plot. Yeah, what happened? They all died, I think. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. They let the T800 go. Mine was more like a final resolution because I feel like these kind of movies need to have yeah. a final no, resolution. No, no. I put totally to think that they're setting but themselves up I think, for new adventures. Yeah, I think money talks, right? So maybe they will do what you're saying. And so I didn't say oh, they did have a military base in the trailer and I couldn't work it in. You're right. They will go there. That's really smart. But I'm totally pulling the whole John being the base commander or even in the military at all mm. just out of thin air. Yeah. So I have no confidence if that will happen or not. But I suppose we'll see when the movie comes we out. We will. We will. It might be better than we think. Yes. I'm sure almost any one of our listeners could probably come up with a better concept of what's <laughs> going to happen in yeah. Terminator Dark Fate than us. So please, if you do, let us know. Yeah, do tell us. You can let us know by sending us an email. I found it really hard, by the way. Our email address is potentialspoilerspod at gmail.com. If you don't have a theory on what's going to happen in Dark Fate, just tell Maddie D to man up and what? just come up with better plots. What? <laughs> Tried my best over here. Uh, I'm not going to be demasculated <laughs> more than I already am on a day-to-day basis. Otherwise, mm. you can contact us on our Facebook page. It's pretty easy to find. Just do a search for Potential Spoilers Podcast. Send us a like. Yep. Join the fun. Join the page. Yeah. Or you can leave a comment on this episode's comment section. Several ways that you can let us know what you think Look is going to happen. all the ways you can talk directly to us. Now, we should probably mention as well what we're going to be talking about next week. Let's do it. What movie's plot we will be predicting. And that is the upcoming reboot of Charlie's Angels. Hooray. Are you excited for that one? Dude, I'm so excited. I know we've certainly seen the trailer for it. We saw it in the cinemas. We did. So join us next week for that. And by the way, by the time that this episode comes out, Hobbs and Shaw will be in the cinemas. Oh, so you'll that's be able what to I'm go. really looking forward to. You'll be able to see how close we got to the plot in that one. Matty D and I actually had a pretty close plot prediction for mm. that one. So I think we said if we don't get the plot of that one, then we should just give up. <laughs> so I'm <laughs> really hoping swerve. I'm really hoping we're right and we don't have to give up. Though after this episode, I'm <laughs> maybe we should consider it. <laughs> Say yes. So join us next week where we'll try and predict what will happen in Charlie's Angels. And until then, thanks for listening. Thank you. She'd shack up with anybody she can learn from so she could teach me how to be this great military leader. Then she gets busted. It's like, sorry, kid, your mom's a psycho, didn't you know? It's like everything I've been brought in to believe was all made of bullshit. I hated her for that. Stop whining. But everything she said was true. She knew. And nobody believed her. Not even Shut me. up! Shut up! Shut up! <laughs>